Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. All right, let's. Um, we're going to look into something this morning that I believe is. Is core at the heart of God and something that the Lord is beginning gradually to put very strong emphasis on in my life and ministry concerning the vision of God, the vision of God. And um, I want us to approach the subject this morning with an open heart, an open mind. And see what the scriptures is telling us. Can you hear me loud? Is it loud enough? Can you hear me behind? Those of you at the back. Levi, can you hear me? Alright. Let's pray. Let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. This morning I want to share on what I call God's vision, our mission. God's vision, our mission. Today you hear a lot of talks on the subject of vision. Okay, there's a lot of vision. Vision driven, have vision for your life. Uh, sometimes you even hear words like, uh, marry a man who has a vision, not just television. Have you heard that? <laughs> Praise God. So there's a lot of vision statements. But when you look at these vision statements, a lot of them are personal vision statements. They are vision statements concerning our lives. What we want to achieve. What we want to become. Uh, But have we ever paused? We're going to read a lot of scriptures today, so be ready. Have we ever paused to consider that it is possible that God has a vision? Praise God. I said praise God. Do you realize that many times you can be in a relationship and you're just the one giving? And you're just the one giving? And the one giving? And one time you would ask yourself, don't these people ever think that I have needs? You know, when you are rich, when you have a bit of money in this part of the world, your world can be very frustrating. Because everybody that sees you wants to take from you. And then, when they want to give you, they say, what do we have to give you than to just tell you thank you for all the things you are giving us? (laughs) And sometimes it's like that with God. Our Christianity is shaped based on what He can give to us. Based on what He can do for us. 
Are, are you following that? So very many times, we do not even consider that God might have a vision. That God might have a need. That God might have something in his mind that he wants to accomplish. So, uh, that's what I, I want to attempt to look at this morning. And I pray that God will help us as we pursue this subject. Does God have a vision? If yes, what is the vision of God? Now, in, in theology, there's what you call the Misho Dei. Misho Dei is a Latin word that talks about the mission of God or the sending of God. So, theologians have that concept. The Misho Dei, the, 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 the mission of God or the sending of God. What God wants to accomplish on the earth. L- let's look through a couple of scriptures. Let's go to Psalm 62 and verse 7. Now, these are regular scriptures, but I want you to pay attention to certain phrases, certain words. Psalm 62, we're looking at the vision of God. Psalm 62 and verse 7. Praise God. Psalm 62 and verse 7. It says, O God, my salvation and my glory rest, the rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Okay, now just hold that as a foundation, but go to Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. Now pay attention to this. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to how many men? How many men? What's the meaning of all? Okay, to every man. (laughs) Now, write the word all down. Write the word all down. All. For the grace of God has appeared... Bringing salvation to all men. That's important. Note the word all. Note that word all. Very, very important. The grace of God has appeared. Bringing salvation to all men. Go to Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. Acts chapter 17 and verse 13. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Acts 17 verse 13, the Bible says, Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that how many people? I I didn't hear you. All people everywhere should do what? Should repent. Note the word all again in that verse. Titus says that the grace of God has appeared to all men, bringing salvation to all men. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Here the scripture says God overlooked the times of ignorance, but now God is declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Now two words I want you to pay attention to there is all and everywhere. 
So write those two words down. We're looking at the vision of God. The word all and the word everywhere. So write those words down. All and everywhere. We're looking at the vision of God. So this will give us the scope of God's vision. This will give us the scope of God's vision. All and everywhere. Go to Acts chapter... Um, sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. Talking about God. Who desires... was talking about those praying for kings and those in authority. He said, who desires... So we can, from this verse, know the desire of God. Are, are you following this now? From this verse, we know the desire of God. You know, if I tell you my desire is to buy a car, I can as well say that that's my vision. Am I right? Do you think I'm right? If I say, hey, somebody say, what do you desire to become or what do you want to become? Your desire, if you say, I desire this, I desire to be rich, I desire to... Uh, go to school. That, that can replace your vision. Because you can only desire what you want. You can't desire what you don't want. So, First um, Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 tells us the desire of God. It says, Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, see that phrase again. All men. He desires that how many men? All men. Now, now, you know that when we use the word men here, we're referring to men and women, right? Okay. <laughs> so he desires that all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We see in the previous uh, chapter we read that God wants men to come to salvation. Men everywhere. Men everywhere. Here we find our first Timothy 2 4 that he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. All men. That's his desire. Now, can I tell you something? Uh, you, you, you know you can have a desire and that desire doesn't come to pass. Are you still here? How many of you have had desires before that did not come to pass? Every one of us. I know some of you desire to be the richest man in the world. It has not come to pass yet. Let's, let's be people of faith. 1 verse 8. It says, But you shall receive power... Acts chapter 1 verse 8 It says you shall receive power When the Holy Spirit has come upon you And you shall be my witnesses Both in Jerusalem And in all Judea And Samaria And even to the remotest part of the earth Now if you use the King James Version It uses the word uttermost 
Okay? Are you here? He uses the word what? Uttermost. Okay? But the New American Standard Bible uses the word remotest. That's the remote part of the world. So God wants the message, pay attention to this, to get to the remote places. You know, when he says, we're looking at God's vision, when he says, go to Jerusalem, that's a city, it's a big city. Go to Judea, go to Samaria, those are great places. And he says, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Look at where the vision of God covers. The vision of God doesn't just cover Judea. The vision of God doesn't just cover Samaria. The vision of God doesn't just cover Jerusalem. The vision of God covers the remotest part of the earth. The remotest part of the earth. That's the scope of God's vision. Remember what we've been reading. He talks about all men. He wants all men to be saved. He desires that all men everywhere should repent. Then he tells the disciples, go to Samaria, go to Jerusalem, go to Judea. But go even to the remotest part of the earth. Go where no one wants to go. We're looking at the vision of God. The vision of God covers the remotest part of the earth. You know, I jokingly say this all the time. That when God calls us, huh? all the time when God is asking people to go plant churches outside of this nation. You know, God mentions three places to them all the time. What are the three places? US, UK, and Canada. God doesn't mention Mali. God doesn't mention Equatorial Guinea. God doesn't mention Congo. Hmm? Does not mention Ivory Coast. Doesn't mention Burkina Faso. Huh? God doesn't even talk about Niger. Chad is not in his timetable. We have to go to UK, US, Canada, and Germany, and Australia. Your village It's not there You know when we think of our village The only thought that comes to our mind Is to go and build a house there So that when we die they, We would have somewhere they would bury us You know that most people It never crosses their mind That the people in the village Are not saved So pastors teach you to be so scared of the village That when you go to the village You go with a fire mindset Like I'm going to kill anybody that stands on my path That says this foundation I mean you don't go there with the people needs to be saved You go there with You know what We are laying this foundation Anybody that says this building will not stand We die And that's the mind with which you go to the village That's not God's vision That's not God's vision God's vision is that even the remotest part of the earth the message will come there. I want you to leave this service holding God's vision in your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If we go by our natural inclinations, some people will not hear the gospel. 
Are you hearing this? If we go by our natural desires, some people will not hear the gospel. But God's vision is that even the remotest part of the earth would receive this message. Go to Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28. We're looking at God's vision. Matthew 20, 28. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28. It says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Underline the word many. Not to give himself as a ransom for few. He came to give himself <clears throat> as a ransom for many. He came to give himself as a ransom for many. Understand what we've been talking about. All men need to be saved. Desiring that the gospel will get to everywhere. He, Jesus did not come to die for a selected few. He came to die for many. You know, we can be so comfortable, we can be so blessed that we are not conscious of the many that are yet to hear the gospel. What's God's vision? Is that the Son of Man came to give himself as a ransom for many. I want your heart this morning to burn with God's vision. I want your heart to burn with God's vision. And see that God has a plan. God has a vision. God has a goal. You know many times when I travel to preach. That's the compelling. Uh, that's the compelling motive. When I go to places to preach. Actually. Most times I spend more going to places to preach. Than they would ever give to me. Most of the time. 90% of the time. I spend more. Going to preach Most of the places I go to But there is a burning desire in my heart That people will hear the word And be taught the truth of God's word You see we can just be here And enjoy ourselves every Sunday Have a good word, be blessed Have picnic, have communion And there will be people all around us Who needs the truth of God's word and if we don't catch the vision of God, it will not become our personal mission. Praise God. Let's read Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. Let's look at the end of the book. How did the vision of God play out? Revelation 7 verse 9, talking about the kingdom of God. The end of the age. He says, after these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude. Everybody say, great multitude. This is, this is a large number. He says, which no one could count. Which no one could count. From every nation, every nation, and all the tribes, people, languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. This is the climax of the vision of God. That there will be a great multitude from every nation, from every tribe, 
from every tongue, from every language. You know, I was showing uh, my wife a video. It, it really touched my heart. There were some white missionaries that came to Igala land, around Kogi State there, and their children, they were white. And the, 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 the man actually helped to translate the Bible to the Igala language. So I think they were doing some years commemoration service. So the, the children came in, white kids, and they could speak Igala fluently, like fluently. They answered all the questions in Igala. White folks. I mean, that's, that's a heart. That's a heart. You know, the greatest struggle we have as a ministry is finding pastors to go to our mission stations. It's tough because nobody wants to go there. We currently have a mission station with no pastor now, just someone coordinating. Because nobody wants to go there. Even when you send a pastor there, they are trying to count the years that you will post them out. They will now realize that the single pastors we send there, nobody wants to marry them. So they work for a while, and then they want to go to the city. Because, you understand what I'm saying? You know now. How do you marry a pastor in the village? What will you post on Instagram? Chickens? As jokingly as it sounds, there's something about the vision of God that we've not caught that we need to catch. That there are many more people who need the truth of God's word. That there are many more people who need the truth of God's word. Let it be a burning desire in your heart to capture this vision and to live it out. Let's read something again. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. It says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to break its seals. For you were slaughtered, and you, and you purchased people for God with your blood from every tribe, language, people, and nation. See that the sacrifice of God covers every tribe, covers every tongue, covers every people. Covers every nation. The sacrifice of God. Covers every tribe. Covers every tongue. Covers every people. And covers every nation. The sacrifice of God. And this is something we should live with. This is something we should be conscious of. That every nation needs the word. Every tongue needs the word. Every tribe needs, needs the word. And not just, uh, not just any kind of word. The gospel, the truth of God's word. The truth of God's word. And this becomes our driving passion. This becomes what pushes us. This becomes our motivation for living. Uh, collaborating with God to make this dream come to pass. Hallelujah. 
Are you still here? Many of you that have the truth of God's word, you rightly taught the word of God, you don't know how much liberty you have. You don't know how much freedom you have. You don't know how much, um, <laughs> yeah, freedom you have from religious bondages that many people are still bound to. Freedom from fear. Freedom from the lies peddled around. So there must be something in our heart that hooks up with this vision of God and makes it our personal mission. There must be something in our heart that makes this our personal mission. That God wants this message to get to every nation, to get to every tribe, to get to every language, to get to every people. That there's no place too remote that this message shouldn't get into. No people too uneducated that we shouldn't try to reach them. As the body of Christ and as the church, the proof of our prosperity is how far we can take this message to those who have not heard it. And I'll tell you something. We are here today because people committed to bringing this message to us. When the white missionaries brought the gospel, imagine as we are now, thousands of years later, maybe like this is 2022. Look at how your village is still looking like. Hmm? 2022. Imagine somebody that came in, in 1900s or in 1950s. Imagine how your village was in 1950. Look at your village now in, 19, in 2022. Imagine 1950. And someone risked their life to bring the gospel. We have built a church of comfort. A church of prosperity. A church of breakthrough. But one thing sadly we have missed is will become less missions conscious. That's why you can have today a believer stay in a compound with a lot of people not born again. And there is no passion to reach them with the gospel. In fact, you can hear a believer say today, my closest friends, they don't go to church and I like them. Even in the church, we are wicked people. So I like that man who worship idol. He tells me the truth. That's a believer. If we would check our Christianity, we would observe that there's something fundamentally wrong. If we're honest, something fundamentally wrong. Because when a man gets born again, his greatest desire is for others to hear this message. That, that should be the next burning passion. How can I spread this good news? And we must again as a church recapture the vision of God. When we go on television, we go on radio, we print tracts, we travel to preach. It's not so you can become popular. No, it's so the message can reach more people. 
We must have a vision for the nations of the earth. Praise God. God's ultimate vision for this world is that multitudes, many people would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. It is the vision of the whole earth being covered with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14. For the earth shall we be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. That's the scope of God's vision. That every single space is covered with the knowledge of God's word. And saints, we've got, this has to become our mission. God's vision has to become our mission. God's vision has to become our mission. To reach many with the message. To reach many with the message. To reach multitudes with the message. It's something we have to be passionate about. It's something we have to be passionate about. If this message is life changing, if it has really transformed our life, if it has changed our life, if it has brought good our way, there should be something in our heart that seeks to share this with the whole world. A man by the name of Abraham Kuyper said something. He said, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. What is he trying to say? Every space belongs to God. And God wants this to happen. God wants men to come to the knowledge of the truth. God wants to take possession of our villages. Are you hearing this? And let me tell you, I've gone to a couple of our mission churches to preach. Some of the people you think do not have the truth, they've gone to those places. The last time I went to, in fact, the last time I went to our church, it almost broke my heart because, you know, we, we actually don't have a pastor there, so trying to put one of the young guys to be in charge. And, you know, that vacuum is there. So he was telling me that... Um, a prophet came and set tents close by. So sometimes people will finish from our church and then they will, Sunday service, then they will go to the prophet's place to go and balance the diet. That's true. You see, when Jesus looked at, at the Jews, he says he wept over them. He says because they were like sheep without shepherd. We're like sheep without shepherd. And so you find these prophets go into these villages and start milking these old women and doing all sorts. And meanwhile, people who have truths are too comfortable to go to these places. God has a vision. God wants that vision to become our mission. 
don't just be content that you are blessed. Don't just be content that God has been good to you. What are you doing to expand the kingdom of God? What role are you playing? To make God's vision your personal mission. You see, I see people today, they find it difficult to serve God. And they say, oh pastor, I'm busy. I'm pursuing this, I'm pursuing that, I'm pursuing this, I'm pursuing that. And you know, people are so busy, they cannot serve God. They are not available for God. By the time we have achieved all the things that we want to achieve, you realize that like Solomon, anything on this earth is still vanity. You just realize it. At a point in your life, you must pause and ask yourself, what is my contribution to the kingdom of God? There is nothing you are doing here on earth that is presentable to the Lord except what is done for His kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You cannot stand before the Lord and say, oh, how was your life on earth? You say, God, you never stayed in my three-bedroom flat that I built. Have you seen design? We use 3D wallpaper. No. You can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. I'm not saying we should be failures here on earth. But in the midst of the things we're doing, we should catch a vision for world evangelization. Catch a vision for souls. Catch a vision that God's whole vision of the whole earth coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus will become your personal mission. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 38. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 38. Verse 37 says, let's look at verse 36. Matthew 9. Let's start reading from verse 36. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. There's a huge harvest out there. But the workers are few. Look at what it says. It says, pray you the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. We pray. Look at Jesus. He says, pray. The harvest is much. But the laborers are few. There's much harvest out there. <laughs> you know, a, 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 a minister said, Peter said, silver and gold have I known, but what I have I give unto you. He says, the church has changed that. So we have changed that. See, today we have silver and gold. 
Then the question is what, what Peter had Do you have it? Or did we exchange what Peter had For silver and gold? Hmm? What Peter had You took silver Have we sold our birthrights? You know I find it very funny when People try to compare Ministers of the gospel With music celebrities And they say If this so 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 musician Can fly a private jet Why will a pastor not be able to fly a private You know that's a very stupid argument It's very stupid Permit my use of words But it is stupid You, you put someone who is Who is not born again Who needs Christ On the same pedestal With a man called an anointed of the Lord With the gospel But you know it's not their fault It's because As ministers when we came to the pulpit Those are some of the things we started using To prove that God has called us so you hear that, you know, praise the Lord, I don't wear ordinary suits. This suit I wore one of my sons from Australia just sent it. How does that how does that all what's the connection between the suit they sent from Australia and Jesus that died for people who need to be saved? What's the connection? You know, many times in life you will not know you have missed it if you don't take your eyes from what others are doing. And focus on what you see in front of you. And so all our testimonies are silver and gold testimonies. Prayers, silver and gold prayers. Praise God. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with prospering. But if it replaces our compassion for the lost, then something is wrong. Do you remember the scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18, I'm the Lord your God that gives you power to get wealth. To do what? To establish the covenant. We'll talk about that. But you see, today people argue about the tithe. Should we tithe? Should we not tithe? Is tithe Old Testament? Is tithe New Testament? <laughs> You know, if you are a child of God who is born again and you are conscious about the mission that God is given, you cannot just give your 10%. That's the truth. That's the truth. There will be a portion of your income dedicated to the propagation of the gospel. There will be. There will be. How many more houses do you need? Let's be honest. How many more? How many more cars do you really need? How many more shoes? During lockdown, how were you dressing from your room to... You see, you, 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 you realize that you realize that God is merciful. You know God is merciful. You know, it's one thing God will just do to us that everything you have, everything you have, Will make no meaning. Sometimes eh, we should we should cut down our our desire for more things and become more effective in preaching the gospel. 
Oh, you know, God is prospering. You know, God is blessing us. So we can fund the gospel. Ask yourself, you know, honesty. If the way you are funding the gospel is the way God wants the gospel to be funded, would he have moved an inch? Praise God. Are you still here? Are you getting blessed? You know, this is not a main message. So, let's look at some, let's look at Luke chapter 10 verse 1. Luke 10, 1. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and set them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. Before Jesus went to a place, he sent some people ahead of him. They owned his vision. His vision became their mission. His vision became their mission. His vision became their mission. Before Jesus was to go there, he said, hey, you go there for me. Today, we are the extension of God on the earth. Are you hearing this? You know, people are complaining about, oh, this generation, oh, what teenagers are doing, oh, this is, oh, this is... (laughs) You know what it takes to reach teenagers? We have a very strong teenage outreach ministry in this church. Every month, we have 70, I think yesterday, we had 70 to 70 something teenagers here. Even while schools were on holidays, we didn't go to the schools to preach. We had about 70 to 80 teenagers here yesterday. Every month, we have about 170 to 100 teenagers gathered here every month that we teach them. Do you know what it takes us to reach them? We have people who get up early in the morning, 7.30, they are in the schools preaching. And we have to pay their transport. We've got, we've got a budget that covers their transport to go and preach, come back. Even though you give money, money doesn't get the job done if there are no people. You know that someone can stand up and say, God has called me to reach teenagers. That's what I, what I want to do for the rest of my life. He captures the vision of God for that segment of society and builds on it. You know the problem. You know, of course, there's a balance to it. But the problem came when we started seeing people who give themselves to this cause as not serious. You know, today, if a young man wants to give himself to the cause of the gospel, you say, oh, he's not serious. He's ah, not serious. Go and look for something to do because we all interpret ministry as laziness, that's the way we interpret it. There is a vision before Jesus went to a city, he sent disciples ahead of him, they captured his vision and made it their personal mission. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday and I, uh, we're, we're just having a conversation. And I told him, I said, you see what? I'm not a vocational pastor. I'm not a career pastor. It's not, <laughs> I'm not one. If you rip my heart apart, it's the gospel you see. That's the truth. 
There is nothing else, nothing else I desire to do with my life. There is nothing I don't have, I don't have dream, I don't have, there is nothing. It's to preach as much as I can, sharing the truth of God's word. There is, there is a world out there that needs to be taught the Bible. Let's even, let's even talk about people who are born again but don't know the truth. People who are born again but have not grown in their knowledge of God's word. They need to hear the word. Praise God. You know, when, I, when I'm teaching in a church like this, it's easy for me to, to teach. When I go to some churches, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Because you open more than four verses, they are tired. I'm telling you. They are just used to, I receive, I receive, I receive. How will you mature that way? There are many like that. There are many like that. Praise God. People who own the vision and made it their mission. Let's look at some examples. In John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Let's look at some examples. John chapter 4. Remember the Samaritan woman. Verse 28. So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the man, Come, see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is, this is not the Christ, is it? The woman left her water pot and went into the city and began to proclaim the good news of Jesus. She didn't wait to go to school of ministry. She didn't wait to be ordained and confirmed and affirmed. She, she with that passion, went out to proclaim to the men in the city to share with the men in the city. Go to verse 39. From that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I've done. One woman got into a city and turned the city upside down. One woman. And if you look at that, if you read from verse 40 to 41, many more people came to believe in his name. One woman caught the vision of God for Samaria. She proclaimed it. You don't need to be perfect to catch the vision of God. If God can use the Samaritan woman to get into a city, God can use you to reach your neighborhood. He can use you to reach your friends. He can use you to reach your city. He can use you to reach your world. Catch a vision. And this woman went into the city. And shared with the men of the city what happened. And that opened the door for Jesus. Hallelujah. That opened the door for Jesus. Is it possible that God wants to use you to reach a segment of the society? Is it possible that God is counting on you to reach a nation? To reach a city? You know, the Lord is putting our heart to start a church in, um, in Benin Republic. Start a French church in Benin Republic. So I, I called one of my young guys in, in, in the Wari Church. 
He studied French. Um, NC. So I told him, I said, hey, you go to Benin, you go start a church, you go start something for us there. So I want you to go to school there, school for the next three years, while you do some missions work in between, just so we can have a church in that axis. And we're in that process. You know how much it cost us to send him there? We're not doing that from the ministry's post. I'm doing that myself. Because there is something about creating platforms where people can be taught God's word. There are cities that need to be reached. There are villages we need to put our churches there and share the good news of Jesus. There are people who have to willingly offer themselves and say, we're ready to go wherever the need is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not all of us that will be millionaires. It's not all of us that will drive Lexus. Some of us, we have to leave our water pots and run to the city. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why when you ask me which kind of car I want, I don't know. Just the one that moves and does not stop on the way. I've lost passion for what kind of car to drive. I Sincerely, I'm telling you, I'm honest with you. You know, many times people travel and they call me and say, Pastor, what do you want? I say, I don't know. Because as I'm here, I don't have one day I will drive this kind of car. None of them. I don't think about it. I don't dream it. I don't pray it. There's nothing. There must be people who leave their water pot so that this message can be proclaimed. You cannot hold water pots and hold this message. Some of you is the fact that people will consider you a failure. And so what? There are, other, there are 7 billion people in, in this world. If they consider you a failure, there are still six point something billion that will be successful in, in that sense. You know, most of us want to be active for God in our old age. When you have expended our energy on other things, your old age, when you are now struggling with glasses, that's when you want to serve God. They now give you some the school material, you are reading something that's not there. Hmm? See, when I retired. I will give my life to Christ. Which life? The one you have almost finished up in. Eh? You know, because somehow in our mind we feel that the people that should serve God are the ones who don't. You know, it almost looks like when you're serving God, there's no vision. You could do better things with your life. <laughs> she left her water pots, went into the city. Her water pot was the vision she came with. That's what she, that's what all she wanted. She wanted water. That's everything she wanted. But you know what? She left it and embraced the vision of God and made the vision of God her what? Her personal mission. She left her water pot. Left her water pot. Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Acts chapter 8 verse 1. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. 
And on that day, great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judah and Samaria, except the apostles. Verse 4, Therefore those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. They were scattered by persecution. They used that as what? An opportunity to preach the word. Wherever they were scattered to. You know what happened? In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Lord told them to go everywhere and preach. They refused. They stayed in Jerusalem. And persecution arose and they were scattered. So they went by force. And wherever they were scattered, what happened? Hey, wherever they were scattered, what happened? They preached the word. When you relocate, preach the word there. When you go for youth service, preach the word. When they post you somewhere, preach the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Wherever you are scattered to, take a hold of the message and share it. Take a hold of the message and share it. Take a hold of the message and share it. Let me tell you. What God wants people to become is not just to be born again. It's to come to the knowledge of the truth. Truth needs to be taught. Are you hearing what I'm saying? People need the truth. You know, sometimes when you engage some Christians, you wonder, who has been teaching this one? Hmm? They believe all kinds of lies. Believe all kinds of funny things. Hmm? Say Christian, who has been a Christian for years, he wants to travel to the village. He wants he needs special prayers. For what? He said, Because I'm traveling. To where? To the village. Ah. So why do you need special prayer? I say, Ah, Pastor, hmm. You don't know our village people. How will I know them? Am I from your village? You know, we've we've we don't laugh about these things. People's life are in 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 bondage. I'm telling you. How can you stand and teach God's people that? And you see Christians in fear. You know, one day my um, there was a man in our village who taught my not, I'll call him my dad, but it's not my dad because my, my granddad is passed on. And told him, you know, they want to kill him. The guy used to serve idols. Then he became born again. Got into this church. And this man started teaching all this rubbish. And the guy was so afraid. He said, ah, he should run for his life. He should, ah, he should try and run for his life. So the man now called my dad and said, when I was serving idols, I was not afraid like this. Now I'm born again. They say I should run for my life. Where should I run to again? So I called the prophet. So I warned him. I said, this will be the last time you see vision for him. The last time. I warned him. I, did, I said, this should be the last time. Don't try it again. So I said, if you try it, I will arrest you. He said, he said I've heard, sir. He was not called in the first place. And since then, yeah, God hasn't shown, shown him anything. Man is at peace just by police threatening. A lot of challenges and thieves out there. And we've got to spread the message so that those who are in bondage will be free. Have to catch God's vision. Because you know what? Those people also, Jesus died for them so they can be free.
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your village. I know you have gone to school now. You haven't gone to your village in 10 years. Everybody in your village, a price was paid for them. To hear this same message you are hearing, we need to reach them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. See all these riverine communities around us. Hmm? It's not just to have a church with nice rug, nice AC, nice people, all looking well. See these communities around us. Jesus also died for them. We need to reach them with this same message. Someone say, oh, but other people are doing it. No. You have to own your own vision and keep doing what God has asked you to do. You're not concerned about what other people are doing. We all put our efforts together and reach more people. Are you still here? In the midst of persecution, they went out and preached the gospel. Acts 5.29 Acts 5.29 This was when the apostles were beaten. Says, but Peter at verse 26 saying, We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name. And yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles said, We must obey God rather than men. They flogged them. Hey, don't preach anymore. They chose to obey God rather than men. God wants to use you to preach the gospel. Just as that woman left her water pot and went into the city of Samir, you've got to make some sacrifices to preach the gospel. Some, it's your friend. Some of us, our water pot, our lifestyle, we are living a life that cannot enable us to preach the gospel. Hmm? You want to reach men for Christ. And yet, women will not leave your house. Every time they look outside your door, female sleepers, female sleepers, as if it's a boutique. And you can't preach. You can't preach. Every time you see people to preach as a pastor, what you see is money. You can't tell the truth. Some of you have the call of God on your life. You are resisting it with... with you, you know, it's like those children that they are dragging to school and then they put their leg. You don't want God to call you at all. You are afraid that you will not have five food to eat. Are you eating now? Hmm? Why are you struggling? Eh, I don't, you know, you know, people say, I've worked. You know, one of my friends told me, he said, I've worked. I have to use the certificate to work. Oh, my closest friend. I told him when we were in school, I said, The Lord is calling you. He said, uh, he, raised, he tried to, to, to travel abroad many times, wasted his mother's money. Later, and I said, He knows God has called him, but God has called him abroad. Hmm? Wasted his mother's pension. Wasted his own money. One visa they didn't even give him. Then he was still working. Was still working. I told him, oh boy, answer this thing on time. <laughs> then they sacked him last year. He's now in ministry. So he, he was telling me, he said, when I see you, I have hope. I said, the hope you have is 14 years. This is my 14th year in full-time ministry. You think when I started full-time ministry, you think people didn't laugh at me? 
You think people didn't think that I was useless? My auntie called me, said, you are intelligent. I've seen your results. Why are you wasting your life? Come, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a lecturing job in Delta Poly Ozoro. I said, no, the Lord has asked me to go full time. He said, is there, there no sinners there that you can preach to? I said, there are. He said, is there, there are no lecturers who are pastors? I said, there are, but that's not what God has called me to do. And I know there's someone in this service that this message is for you. Your time is up. Let the resistance to God's call stop. And when you embrace the call, make up your mind that you will suffer. I'm not saying immediately you say yes to the Lord and people will start giving you cards. No. The first pathway to full-time ministry is suffering. You make up your mind. And I made up my mind like that. That if I will die, I will die in the will of God. I will be hungry in the will of God. But let me know I'm in the will of God. So when those times came, it couldn't come against me because I've already sworn a note. That's why there's no amount of punishment you give to me now that makes me feel like I'm suffering. I've passed that stage. You can't make me suffer. So you embrace poverty first. You embrace suffering. So that whatever the enemy brings, you're already fortified. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's no need to struggle. So we rather obey God than man. In Acts 16, verse 6 to 10, God called Paul to Macedonia and the people said, we concluded that the Lord has called us to Macedonia. God can give a man over you, your pastor, a vision. Let that vision become your, vision, your mission. Take a hold of it. Become your mission. I want us to reach more teenagers on this island. I want us to print books for them. We want us to get materials, get magazines. Let's reach, let's come to a place where 200 teenagers are gathering here every month. 500 teenagers. Let's do something, saints. It's one life we have. It's what you do for God that counts. I'm not saying don't have your personal life, don't have your career, but God has a vision and He wants us to embrace that vision. Hallelujah. Come on, are you still here? 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16, Paul says, I'll wrap this up quickly. 1 Corinthians 9 16, Paul says, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. He says, I'm cursed if I preach not the gospel. I am cursed if I preach not the gospel. He says, I'm cursed if I preach not the gospel. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. I want us this morning, see those of you that are here this morning, blessed are you. For hearing this message live and direct, God wants you to catch a vision. God wants His vision to become what? Your mission. Are you hearing this? Hey, hey, hey. Are you hearing this? I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but we have to get it done. There are people to reach. With the gospel. Except we don't believe what we have believed. Except Jesus has not changed our life. Except this gospel hasn't transformed us. There must be a passion in our heart to reach more nations, to reach more people. Not to rest until more people are rich with the word. To give all for him. Let's teach sacrifice again in the body of Christ. Not just comfort. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's teach. You see, all those people in the book of Acts that had all sold all they had and brought to the apostles' feet, it was because they heard the message. 
Praise God. Romans 10, 14 says, How can they hear except you be sent? Romans 10, 14. Romans 10, 14. How can they hear? How can they hear? How will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in whom they have not heard? And now, how will they hear without a preacher? They cannot call on the man who they haven't heard about. Saints, if we're going to be mission conscious, we have to be sacrificial. One of the reasons why we've lost the sense of mission in the body of Christ is because we don't want to be sacrificial. You have to let some things go. Some lifestyle has to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have to let some friends go. Some of us are finding it difficult to preach the message because of the life we are living. So when we say, answer the call, sometimes it's not that you now become, live right so you can preach the word. Make that sacrifice. It's not that you are here, you've caught the vision of God. Every night you are in the beer parlor with other men. What will you now preach to them? Even the way they talk about pastors, you are not, you can't say anything. They don't mind that they are all the same, including me preaching to you now. We are all the same, are we? So you can't invite them. That is, see, if you want to embrace the mission of God, there's a way to live. Let me tell you, let me tell you this. Not many people have the desire to do God's things. If you have that desire, don't take it lightly. There was an older minister, I preached somewhere, maybe in Kenya, and an old bishop called me. And the way I was preaching, he called me. He says, let me tell you, my son. He says, not many people have the passion for the gospel the way you have. He said, this passion that you have, protect it. This is not many people. If you have the desire to live for God, not many people have that desire. If God had called you, not many people are called. Says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. If you have passion for the things of God, not many. You see, don't entangle yourself and lose that passion. If you lose it, it's hard to recover. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm preaching to you from my heart this morning. From my heart. Pay attention to what I'm saying. One of the things I've always been careful about in my life is the people that have access to my space. If you're not passionate about the gospel, you cannot be my friend. You I cannot. Is, say, but you need people from other... I don't know. You see, that passion. Becoming lukewarm can become logical. And I don't try to force that passion on people. If you don't have it, it's not something that can be given. You have to catch it first. You were here when Pastor Paul was preaching, my friend. He said at the point, he stopped because he was working in a Lebanese company or somewhere. I never asked him one day how much he was earning, how was his job. Everything I was reminding him of was ministry. Ministry. When are you going to answer the call? When are you going to answer the call? When are you going to do what God has asked you to do? And I'm challenging you to, to this morning. Whatever passion for the gospel, either sponsoring the gospel, giving to the gospel that God has placed in your heart, do not lose it. Don't lose it. Don't for the sake of friendship, sake of relationship, sake of loneliness, lose 
that thing that God has given to you, the salvation and the grace that God has given to you, you don't need people who will drag you back to where you're coming from. You need to go forward because there's a vision for your life. Not many people are called. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Not many people are called. You see, backsliding doesn't take place one, one moment. It's gradual. Before you know, you let your boundaries down. Before you know, you start joking. Before you know, you start laughing. Before you realize where used to be fire. You know, anywhere you see ashes means fire was burning there. That's what happens. Before you know, you're casual. Every backsliding believer was once a serious Christian. If they were not serious, they wouldn't have backslidden. Every person who is lukewarm was once hot. It's hot water that turns to lukewarm. Am I right? Means they were once on fire. If your fire is not burning brighter, it's going lesser. If your passion is not going higher, it's going lesser. There are no middle grounds. And saints, there needs to be a restoration of apostolic Christianity. It's too much lukewarmness in the body. It's too much lukewarmness in the body. You know, if, I, if we announce now, we have picnic, you know, the other things, I'll just talk about them. Wrap up in five minutes. Eh? You know, if we announce, oh, we have picnic, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do Indomie, we're going to teach people how to make uh, Omo, you know, we're going to teach liquid soap. The place will be full. You know now. Eh? Hey, 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 hey. Are you here? Hey, we'll teach you how to do handkerchief. Uh, uh, <laughs> We'll teach you how to make this one. Everywhere will be full. Say the church is to empower people. Say, okay, we've got an outreach. We want to go to the neighboring village and spend two days and preach to people. Say, Pastor, how much will the boat cost? He said, I'll pay for the boat, sir. No, come and preach. You see, that's what, as a church, that's what we should be thinking of doing. Going to these neighboring villages, spending some days and sharing the gospel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As for picnic, we will do picnic. But God's vision is not picnic. That's our vision. God's vision is that he died so that many from every tribe, from every nation will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. See, I want to challenge you this morning. Catch a hold of this vision. Even if you are called to give to the ministry, catch a hold of it. That you're giving much more than everybody else to get the work done. Let me give you four points quickly. Number one, every believer must give priority to the Great Commission and the spread of God's glorious message. Every believer must give priority to the Great Commission and the spread of God's glorious message. Number two, we must be actively involved in the local church as a means of discipleship, training, and raising more believers for the vision. The local church is God's idea. Of getting the job done. The local church is God's idea of getting the job done. Hmm? Come on, saints, are you here? We need to reach more people. Do you think more people need to hear the message? We need to reach them. God is counting on us. Whatever we have to sacrifice to get the gospel out, let's do it. Hmm? Your personal desires, your personal tastes, your lifestyle, let's do it. Whatever. 
This is God's vision. Number three, we must have a global vision, a local vision, and what I call a village vision, that the message will reach everyone. Matthew 9.35, the Bible says, Jesus began to go to every city and every village. This is not just about cities and nations. This is about also reaching the villages. You know those sandfield area, all of those areas, market side, all of those side. We need people to get in there and push the message. We need to have a church there that can accommodate people from that place. So Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every kind of disease. We need to go there. We need to reach people. You know, <laughs> I, I think it's that Mary Major did this, uh, what we're talking about. You know, at, at, one, at, at a point in my heart, we had some older people come to church, maybe about four or five people. You know, and we actually reached out to them. And, and I was like, do you people hear what I'm preaching? Or do you understand the English and everything? And we were actually considering starting a pidgin English service. We're actually considering starting a pidgin English service. So he said, no, they, they can't understand. You know why? It's not that it's convenient to preach in pidgin English. But listen, we cannot say because we understand grammar, we cut off some people from hearing the message. People need to hear the message. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you here? See, whatever we have to do to get the message to people, we have to do it. Not everyone shares the passion for people to hear the word. Not many people are concerned about the things of God. Not, let me tell you, not many people in this life are concerned about the things of God. I can bet you, not many people. Number four, you must commit a part of your resource, your finance beyond the tithe to the vision of proclaiming God's message. William Carey wrote a book, an old book. He called it, he said, it, it is the obligation of Christians to use means for the conversion of heathens. William Carey, the foremost missionary. He said, it is the obligation of Christians to use means for the conversion of heathens. You know, of late, the Lord began to remind me of that. And you know the Lord was speaking to me about that. How much of my funds go into the kingdom? Go into the into the gospel, the preaching of the gospel. In Luke chapter eight, verse one to three, the Bible talked about women who had substance who gave and partnered with Jesus. In Mark chapter fifteen, verse forty three and forty six, tells us about Joseph of Arimathea, the rich disciple who took his own grave and buried Jesus with it. Gave his means for the gospel. We can't just spend all we have on ourselves. And let me tell you something. You can't just say, oh, I paid my tithe and that's all. No. Go beyond that. Go beyond that. And give to the gospel. Partner. We travel the nations. We do stuff in the, in the nations. Those things cost money. We're on radio. You can I mean, there's a brother, there's one of our brothers who partnered with us on radio. You know, he met me one service and said, is there a radio station in my state? I want people in my state to hear this message. Let's get on radio there. And he started paying for the radio station in his state. You can do the same for your state. We're not even saying give us the money. If there's a radio station in your state, 
Go and find out how much to get the gospel on air. And get the message there so that your own state can hear the message. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Think of that. 10 minutes, 15 minutes on radio in your state. Just take that as your commitment. Let me tell you. And I'll say this. We're on television and radio station. It's maybe just like three people or four people that pays for that. It's not like it's, uh, we collect. No, 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 no. But one of our radio stations that we've been on the longest in Benin. It's a brother that just pays for it. That's just his commitment. That's just what he does for the gospel. The two radio stations we're in, paid for by two people. Hmm? How much of your money goes to the kingdom? You, you have entered the another year. You are planning Christmas again. Eh? This is March. You have started opening how many goats you want to kill. How you want, where does God come in? You know, you, you're, you almost relate with God like mafia. After you pay your 10%, nothing concerns you again. That's for those of you who tithe. Because some of you, you give us, you are led. And you are led three times a year, like New Year Festival. Hmm? You know, people have this funny thing that God will provide. How? It's through you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, go back home today. Two things I want you to think of. How you can personalize this vision. And look into your financial structure. And find where you can partner with God. In getting the message out. It's our responsibility. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, nobody is too poor to give. I remember when I was in school. I used to send 200 naira to Kenekobland Ministry in South Africa. They had to write me. And say, don't worry. We know you are a partner. Don't, don't worry. We can't change this money yet. We know whatever we are giving to partners, we'll give you. I'm telling you. I, there was a mission organization in our, in our street at Airport Road there. I used to go there and give them every month 50 naira. I'm telling you. I'll go, give 50 naira. They'll write receipt for me. 50 naira. That 50 naira, I would save it almost throughout the whole month. I was. <laughs> when I started teaching, the first place I taught after I left school, they would pay me 800 naira. By the time I removed my tights, 18 naira, and my transport, what I was coming back home with was 350 naira. It's from that 350, I'll give missions 50. I remember one time my mom saw this wonderful lace for me. I usually don't like lace yet. No one lace, because it has holes all over, and then thing is just pinching your body. So I went for this conference, and Samputu, he had a first class in, I think in Zid, was this mining course? Is it geology? Geology. He had the first class, I think, in geology. And the Lord called him into missions. If you know anything about Capro, if you've heard about Capro, Sam Putsu was the international director. I don't know whether they've changed him now. You know, the man had first class. And he now said, God has called him to missions. Not to pastoring, to missions. <laughs> Boy, the persecution was tough. When Sam Putsu came to Souls of Esther in Wari, shared to us about missions, taught us about what missionaries were going through, I had nothing to give. I went to take the list. It was a three days conference. I gave it on the Saturday. You know how God teaches you a lesson. So the Sunday, my mother and I said, What are you wearing to church? I said, I'm wearing. He said, Where is that your list? Ah. <laughs> so I said, No, I'll wear it next Sunday. He said, Go and wear that list. And you know, the way I was raised, my parents don't talk, talk twice. The third one. 
You might hear it from where you don't want to hear it. So I said, well, I've given it out to missions. Ah, man. Boy. I was beaten. I'm a pastor's child, but my mother beat me that day. She just told me, see, see, where you grow up and you sew your own clothes, you can, the one I sew for you is not for missionaries. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? But, but what I'm trying to say is that this thing started when we even had nothing. It's not that you don't have. It's that you don't have the passion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not that you don't have. Your hundred naira into the gospel counts. Your 1,000 naira into the gospel counts. Saints, I want us for the rest of this year to cash a vision and make God's vision our personal mission. That when we stand before the Lord, we'll be able to tell Him, when I got a hold of your vision, I made it my mission. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you, Lord, as a church and as a people, we just repent of the times where we have been so consumed by our personal mission that we haven't paid attention to your vision. And we just pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to catch a vision. To catch a vision of the harvest and make it our personal mission. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Um, one of the things we want to do as we get our offerings ready is we want, to, we want to be very serious about social media. We know that a lot of people are on social media and we've, we've, we've experimented it and it's bringing very solid results. We want to start publishing, sponsoring our one-minute posts on social media. We believe in God for 500000 a year to do that. So if Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.